Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. This is Will Brinson. <laughs> Not really. It's Ryan Wilson. Take it away, Will. Will Brinson here. host of the Daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast. This is the Sunday show. That's right. That's right. We're going literally daily here from the Doghouse Saloon in Nash, Vegas. The well, NFL well, 2019 NFL Draft is over. Will Brinson again, sitting here with John Breach and, of course, Ryan Wilson, who has managed to own this draft. A tremendous performance by, I'm not, Ryan, I'm, I'm trying to pay you compliments. You don't want to. Thank you. You've done a, you did a great let's, job. Let's this. grade Wilson's performance. I give Ryan a B plus. I'll take it. That's harsh. I, I'm giving him an A minus. I'm going to one up it. The only reason I'm not giving him, uh, A plus is because he hated the Bengals draft. But other than that, I loved everything he well, did. Well, Ryan Thank had you. a situation where he egged, uh, he was asked about his loser and he pooped his pants. He's like, oh, DK Metcalf? I can't remember, yeah. Yeah. And, um, then also, Ryan called me a nasty name on a text thread, so I'm giving him a, a B-plus for that because he insulted me. I have to say, explain to the people why I insulted you. What did you put out there concerning me and Pete Briscoe? Well, <laughs> you and Pete sat next to each other for like 14 hours. And look, I've sat next to Pete in these situations. We're sitting next to a motorcycle right now. Uh, Hell's the Angels are here. The problem with sitting next to Pete for 14 hours is that you can't escape soaking in a little bit of Prisco by osmosis. And, like, over the course of the weekend, I'm sure that Dane Clevin... Uh, yeah, Wilson, he smells like coconut oil. He's got the Prisco tan. <laughs> We're both bald. And he is only drinking Ensure. So right. you have gotten full Prisco. Dane, it's, Dane Clevin, our producer, is here. He fixed Super Dane. He, um, did you notice that over the course of the weekend, Ryan Wilson began acting a little more like Pete Prisco? A little bit pissier, a little bit pricklier. Absolutely, just kind of started to personify Pete. He, you know, junior. you know, yeah, mini me even, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know those, you know those memes that are like going around about the, um, like the NBA basketball teams where they all do stuff in concert together. They, they, the, the ball is tipped and they turn around at the same time. We would look over here and Pete and Ryan would be like looking at their phone at the same time, like scratching their ear at the same time, crossing their legs at the same time. It got a little dark. Uh, unfortunately for Ryan. You know, you just got to live with that. Your wife's going to hate you for a few weeks because you're going to act like Pete when you get home, but you'll deal with it. More importantly, let's get down to business. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Let's get we this show Scott, on the road. What's his name, Rogowski here? See, Rogowski stole that. From someone else? Not from me. It's from, uh, not from you. It's, from, it's a fish song. Let's start with an over-under here. The length of the draft, was it over or under 15 hours? Total draft. Just Total draft. Televised time? The televised time from pick one, from the Cardinals being on the clock to the final pick being announced. It's a good number. I'll say under. I feel like I've, every day was 15-hour days, <laughs> but I'm going to say under, too. You guys are ruining this game. Cash in your bets. You win. It's yes. probably 12 hours. The length of the draft. Okay, now Brinson loses. So it's like <laughs> you doubled down and you lost your money. The length of this year's draft was 14 hours and 14 minutes. Wow. That is how much work we've been doing, Wilson. I can't believe you can still talk. I don't know how any of our body parts are still functioning. Uh, and now, I guess, back to you, Brinson, as the bachelorette party goes by. They love us. They honk at us all the time. By the way, we told the bachelorette party, my God, this. <laughs> there are lots of buses in this town. We told the bachelorette party story from last night, the video. Should be up on the CBS Sports social channels or the Pick 6 Podcast social channels. Make sure and check those out at Pick 6 Pod on Instagram, at Pick 6 Pod on Twitter. Additionally, make sure and check out CBS Sports HQ all day Monday. We'll have a new podcast, of course, but I am under the impression that there will be an NFL Draft grade show. I think Pete will be there. I'm involved. 
Uh, so tune up, fire up the CBS Sports HQ. Use your Roku, Fire, Apple, Amazon, wherever else you use your devices. Download the CBS Sports app. You can watch us live 24-7 streaming real sports news, real sports but fans. maybe don't stream on the cell phone in the bathroom. I was reading a story how you shouldn't bring your phone to the bathroom. Why? Because of the, the germs. Just There's wash lot, your hands before and after. A lot of germs in the bathroom. But you can just stream everywhere else. You Bring it into the bathroom. Just wash your hands. I use my John. cell phone. I won't go to the bathroom without my cell phone. But, oh, John, God. to be fair, listen to this. I'm never touching Brinson's cell phone no, no. ever again. He has a solution. He has a hat with a cell phone clip on it. <laughs> so he sits on the on – the, I do what? You have a hat with a cell phone clip on it. So while you're doing yeah, your yeah, business – like it's like a selfie stick. Hands-free. It's a selfie hat. That's right. Uh, all right, let's talk about the draft. Congratulations. My, I mean, every other – this is a top golf party bus with bridesmaids. Every other – that feels great. Every other damn car. I would say, did we talk about this yesterday? It's like 60% of the um, like uh, transportation in Nashville is bird scooters. And, 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 and the other 40%? Are bachelor party buses, bachelorette yeah. party buses. Yeah, there's like, there are actually seven human beings that have walked around Nashville today. That's it. You Me literally could have them. a bachelorette party draft. We could have done that instead of a real draft, but we're not doing that. We're talking about the real draft. Can I point out that I'm sort of a winner for... Why? I feel like this uh, stitches situation in the bird scooter incident. Got it was a fun. It it it, it took a good, it took a turn. It, it could have taken a much worse turn. It made you tougher. No, yeah, it made me tougher. I'm a man of the people and whatnot. So feel- wait a second, breach. Have you ever had stitches? I have had stitches. This man has stitches for the first time as a 37 year old. Falling is- off a scooter at 37. What, what does that say about him? It says that he this this man has never faced difficulties in his life. Right. That he has been primped and coddled. Uh, coddled. Coddled's a great word. <laughs> Look at him. We're calling him Doctor Coddle from now on. Find the lie. He finally got <laughs> Dr. The, Coddle. the stitches. He now he now looks a little more rugged, as much as Thurston Howard III can look and, rugged. And, and handsome Will Brenton is no longer handsome Will Brenton. He's beat up Will Brenton. He's Liam Neeson. All I'm saying, I'm saying, is the stitches and the and the, inc- the injury were not an impediment to appearing on television. No, on, actually, on, honestly, after the first day, I didn't notice it. Yeah. But I got a little buzz. I got a little uh, buzz out of it, you know. Like there's a little notoriety about it, uh, which ultimately fact, is all that fact, matters. There's a table full of people I gave some pick six swag to before we recorded this, and I was talking about it. And they go, "Are you Will?" I was like, "Yes." He goes, "Are you the scooter guy?" I was like, "Yeah, that's me." No, really? Oh uh, yeah. You sound like you have people to thank. Like, are you going to take one stitch out and give one to Breach, and one stitch goes to Frisco or something? How does this work? Dane is going to start calling into the podcast once a week. Hundred percent. I mean, and also, when you go home, now that you have a scar, are you cooler to your son? Or does... No, is my your son s- going to recognize you? There's a 100% chance my son pulls the stitches out himself. <laughs> He's going to yank on the loop that's hanging on my face and pull it out. All right, anyway, All right let's, let's get, get to the draft. Let's okay. get to the draft. Seven minutes in. It's the fastest we've gotten going. Um, okay, Ryan. Give me your... We'll go... We'll do winners and losers. Let's do... Uh, <laughs> Frankly, the losers are hard to come by. They are. So let's do two winners each and one loser each. And then uh, I'll ask you to give us one through 32. You got it. Draft grades sleep. followed by one through 32, 2020 mock drafts. I'll rank the seventh round picks. Here, Here we go. The biggest winner. My first winner, the biggest winner. And I want one from you, one from each, one from me. I'll go first. I'll do one, and then Johnny can go. The best quarterback in this draft went to the Miami Dolphins, Josh Rosen. That team is not tanky for Tua, John. They are winning in 2019. They're not going to be the Patriots. I think the Bills are actually the better team uh, in terms of who's going to be number two in that division. But I love Josh Rosen there. I think he has a chance for success. 
And before you give me your winner or loser, John, who wins more games next year, the Cardinals or the Dolphins? Well, I think the Cardinals do only because the Dolphins are just not good. I don't think they have that much talent. But the Cardinals are probably in a tougher division because, uh, yes, the Dolphins play with the Patriots, but other than that, second place is wide open. Much t- the Cardinals are in a way tougher division. The Cardinals have no guarantee to even get second. I mean, they could be a better team and still finish in last. So that's kind of the crazy thing to think about. But I think when you look at the Cardinals' offense now with Kyle Murray, uh, Kirksey, Fitzgerald, David Johnson. Andy like, Isabella. Andy Isabella. It's pretty loaded for putting Cliff Kingsbury's offense in. So that's an offense that might put up some points, and I think it's going to put up – it's going to be better than the Dolphins' offense with Josh Rosen. Don't ruin my winner. My first winner is Arizona Cardinals. But I, I want to point out on Josh Wait, Rosen – did I give out my winner? No. Well, okay. I don't want you to steal it. So I didn't want you to – okay, we're, I didn't steal it. Right, yeah, but So on Josh Ro- – well, I'll go next as a segue from this Josh Rosen stuff. Josh Rosen handled this whole thing, and he got dumped on by the Cardinals. They treated him like crap. Dude. They acted like he was their guy. They tweeted out that Josh, Josh is our guy. Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Kime got his back. And then they dogged him, and they sent him packing. And the thing that's frustrating, I think, is that it was entirely unnecessary. They didn't need to do it. They were taking Kyler Murray the whole time. Steve Kime apparently never took calls for that first for that for that for the uh, for Rosen up until eight o'clock when they were on the, when they were on the clock for the first overall pick. They could have they could have told Josh, "Look, we're going to trade you. We're taking Kyler. We don't want you to leak it out, but you know, let's all handle this like adults." They didn't do that. I thought they treated Josh Rosen terribly. And then Josh Rosen gets traded to the Dolphins for number 62 overall. Big win for the Dolphins. If you go back and, t- and say that Josh Rosen falls to us at 62 overall in last year's draft, that's a steal. Now, he's been scarred from that first year in Arizona, but they got a better offensive line maybe in Miami. I think they can, they can do some stuff around him. And Josh Rosen handled it like a pro. And the thing here is with Josh Rosen, one more thing, is they got him, like, not just with a second-round pick, but basically at – kind of a second-round pick contract because they'll have him for four more years if they pick up that option, and that's how long you would Cardinals, have a second-round pick. the Cardinals paid like 70% of his contract. Right, because of the signing bonus yep. So in the first year. So it is literally like they got him not just because they gave away a second-round pick, but as a second-round pick, if I, that I makes sense. I think you could argue that right now, given the cost that he was acquired for, 62nd overall, given the contract that he's on, the position that he plays, the talent level that he's displayed, you could make a case that Josh Rosen might be the most valuable asset in the NFL. The best quarterback in this draft class went to Miami. You guys, not so much breach, but definitely you thought they were tanking for Tua. I didn't buy it because you don't hire a new coach. Well, but now they have, let's say they finish with the fifth worst record. They can punt, and we can't get to one because somebody else is taking Tua. We can punt and worry about 2020. But here's the thing. Tua could end up being a guy who we're loving right now. I'm not right sure now. you'd rather have Tua than Josh Rosen necessarily. That's what I'm saying. He could be a guy that ends up being a third-round pick. We don't know. so That's unlikely, but possible. We, we see it. Look, remember Matt Barkley? 100%. Fifth-round pick. We thought he was going to be the next great A lot thing. easier life for Tua when you've got a stampeding and offense, and great that's offensive Pete, line. That's Pete argument for Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray's going to be good. He won't be any better than Josh Rosen, I'm sure, right away, but we'll um, see. But on, on the Cardinals, here's the thing. I think when you look at the Cardinals draft, and it's, it's really hard to do this because we're, you know, you can't, it's just hard to look at a draft in a vacuum and not consider the fact that they did trade away Josh Rosen. Like, that matters to me, right? Right. They, 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 the process involved for getting Josh Rosen, trading Josh Rosen, then drafting Kyler Murray first overall was a bad process. I still think that even after you get Andy Isabella at 62nd overall, I would rather have Nick Bosa and Josh Rosen than Kyler Murray and Andy Isabella. 
that's my personal preference. But I got to give props to Steve Kime. He drafted Kyler Murray first overall. They went all in on him. You're, you're, you're doubling down on Cliff Kingsbury. Byron Murphy at the top of the second round is a great pick. My number Washington one cornerback. Ryan's number one cornerback. You get him with a 33rd overall pick. Use the 62nd pick, which you got for Josh Rosen, which was better value than a lot of people thought they might get for Josh Rosen. They almost got the 48th overall, but people thought it was going to be a third-round pick for Rosen. Instead, they get Andy Isabella there. That's another weapon you're adding. You add Zach Allen with the 65th overall pick, your third-round pick. Then you come back in the top of the fourth round, you get Hakeem Butler. Are you are you effing kidding me? Hakeem Butler at the top of the fourth round? Deontay Thompson at the top of the fifth round. Keyshawn Johnson... Is that how you spell it? Keyshawn? Keyshawn, Fresno State guy. K-E-E-S-E-A-N. Yeah, he, he's a good player. Larry Fitzgerald is going to retire in one or two years. You have set the stage where if Kyler Murray is a good quarterback, he has Andy Isabella, Christian Kirk, Hakeem Butler, and Keyshawn Johnson. That's a heck of a receiving core if one or two of the guys, even just if one of those two of those guys pan out. Um, you know, whatever. Caleb Wilson, not a bad tight end at the end there. Mr. Irrelevant out of UCLA. I thought, I thought Steve, Steve Kime, as much as I dislike and wanted to crush their draft for how they handle Rosen and Kyler, they did a great job acquiring talent in this draft. Yeah. All right, Breach. My turn. My winner is the Washington Redskins. Yeah. I probably stole this from someone because it had to be someone else's second winner. Only because they took a six-round pick. But Calvin here's Harmon. the thing with the Redskins. I swear I used to think they just picked names out of a hat during their draft and just took random people. None of it ever made sense. All of the sudden, they come out and just hit a home run, it seemed like, with every pick. Obviously, we spent the past couple days talking about Dwayne Haskins, Montez Sweat, both brilliant picks as our uh, very higher-up Redskins fan. E.K. makes a cameo on the podcast. He is a Redskins fan, loves right, the Redskins, well, your... love what they did. Hold on, John, John, we don't we don't care about your opinion anymore. We want E.K.'s opinion of the Redskins. Oh, yeah, he's a true Redskins this fan. This is Eric K., our frequently mentioned boss on this podcast. Podcast Consigliere. Is that correct? That's at CBS Sports. Work. Hopefully this the is one of the better fathers. tangents ever on this show that is exclusively about tangents. But I think the uh, Redskins, it's weird to say, but they got an A grade here. They got an A. It doesn't get better than what the Redskins EK, did. EK, how do you grade owner Dan Snyder? If he's truly pulling the swing, pulling the strings in this, why isn't he been doing this from day one? Masterminds. I mean, <laughs> Haskins, local kid. Save that clip, Brodsky. Beautiful. Haskins, and you got Haskins wide receiver. Did you just call me Brodsky? I'm telling Brodsky if he's yeah. listening to cut that clip. Shouts to Matt Brodsky for his Photoshop, by the way. Yeah. Make not, sure you tweet not. that in the uh, pick six feed. Bryce Love with Darius Geis. Come Kelvin on, Harmon. Ryan, you, I know you like that. Absolutely. Kelvin Harmon, we know that's his guy. I told I you know about Ross Pierce-Bocker. I mean... There's been a big void of Alabama guys on the offensive side, so it's good to get a little balance, right? I mean, defense, exclusively Alabama. If they ever go up against Clemson, we're great. But it's good to, you know, kind of balance things out there. But anyway, great draft. Feels like uh, this team is, you know, six-win six team at worst. Because, you know, a week ago when there were conversations about Dan Snyder trading up to number three, Redskins fans, for Daniel yeah. Jones, no less. Redskins okay. Redskins fans you bring up a great out. point, right? Why is this also great? They didn't trade and give up any future capital. So whatever happens, at least they're 
Uh, you know, what if the Redskins just leaked it? Is this believable? What if the Redskins just leaked it to set up low expectations for their fans because that's what their fans have anyway? Yeah. And then boom, now you guys just walk out with your heads high. That's why Snyder's a genius. It, everything we've <laughs> said it. about Dan Snyder Next being, level. being a megalomaniac is wrong. I apologize, Dan. You figured it out. He is Kaiser Sose. <laughs> He's, just, <laughs> He's just walking back with a limp as Ryan drops his coffee mug. <laughs> anyway, guys. Hey, have a good pod. We've got some uh, we'll bring EK stuff on to do out in the bar here. After the Redskins win the Super Bowl, we'll have EK back. Stuff to do means chug Budweiser. <laughs> All right. Uh, EK, by the way, the mastermind behind this podcast. No, that was a good explanation. We can move on. That was the Redskins are my winner. He, he hit a lot of the things on the head. It was just surprising because the Redskins are never the winners of anything, let alone a draft. And here we are talking about, I mean, it was one of the five A-plus drafts in this. John, just really quickly, what would you say is your favorite fifth-round pick by the Redskins? My favorite fifth-round pick? How many they have? <laughs> I would say Ross Piercebacker since I brought him up to EK. <laughs> Nicely done. Alabama offensive lineman. I do worry a little bit. They got Terry McLaurin, too, in the third round. And then, look, Kelvin Harmon in the sixth round? I, I mean, I'm a homer, but you like Kelvin Harmon, too. He was, like, my number three wide receiver. My buddy from NC State texted me. Oh, well, well, that was the thing is, why did he fall? And we were kind of talking about that. Uh, he's a prospect off the field. There must be an injury that we don't know about. There's not. He's healthy. I don't understand and, it. And so he should have been probably a second or third round guy. And Worst case third round. I had him in my seven round mock draft, John, which I'm sure you read. I had him going in the third round. I thought he was probably a second round pick. The issue is, can he separate consistently? But he's a contested catch guy. He does a lot of what Nikhil Harry does, who was the 32nd overall pick. He's not as physical, but he's extremely physical. I was at the Syracuse game where he had over 200 receiving yards. He is a baller. This is a huge get. And I will say the second-best late-round pick after Akeem Butler, Redskins in the seventh round, they got this kid, Jimmy Moreland, out of James Madison. He's 5'9", 5'10". If he were two inches taller, he's a second-round pick. Maybe the best feat in the the draft in terms of uh, quickness for cornerbacks. He is a ball hog. His size is going to be an issue, but if he can overcome that, he could be a get a good get. Uh, my my bold prediction for 2019, Kelvin Harmon leads the Redskins in receiving yards. Well, yesterday's podcast, you were trying to pimp up Josh Doxson. I wasn't sold on him. I like Doxson. I think Harm, I mean, I don't think Harmon and Doxson are that different. They're big body guys who get down the field. I mean, Doxson. You better hope like, Harmon has a better career. I still think Doxson can have a good year this year. What's he waiting for? Dude, it's his third year. Or is it his fourth year? Either way. You got to play better. The, the 2014 NFL, the draft class in 2014, spoiled us when it comes to judging wide receivers in the draft. Anyway, Ryan, uh, on to your. Ryan is dancing. You are feeling yourself. I, I like it. I like it. You know that you're about to hit a nine month vacation stretch. He is celebrating. I mean, it, his first full season as the draft guru, and he killed it, crushed it. Thank and you. And now he's just hammering, getting the beers out, get, getting ready to celebrate the end of draft we're, season with all the bats we're at in Nashville. Worth pointing out, Monday. I'll be doing an 8 a.m. hit, so please watch that. I'll also be doing the draft show for an hour at noon. Please watch that. Then maybe I'll have the vacation. Uh, but don't worry. People are getting away from the draft on Monday afternoon, so you should be <laughs> fine. Everybody's going to stop talking about it. Uh, no one cares about the draft after Monday afternoon, according to some people in this organization, who will go remain unnamed. Um, Ryan, your next winner. Oh, we're doing more winners. I thought we were going to do losers. Two winners each and one loser. You know what? I- I'm going to go with the Ravens. Um, I think the, Bring- the Steelers fan. Yeah. I obviously love the Steelers draft. I thought the Bengals got better and better as the draft went on. I love their, I love Jonah Williams. I had some questions about Drew Samuel, but at, at the end of the, the day three picks I like. But the Ravens, they started with Marquise Hollywood Brown, 
We talked about it last night. It gives Lamar Jackson an opportunity to stretch the field, which they need to do. That offense has to be diverse. But they got Miles Boykin in the third round. High upside guy. He's tall. He has to play better down the field in terms of catching the ball. Jalen Ferguson, sack daddy is his nickname. They got him in round three. And then in round four, Justice Hill, who's the scat back, also very good. Dalen Mack, who's a very good interior guy, had a great Shrine Bowl, great Senior Bowl. And finally, I want to ask you this, Wilbur. Sixth round, they got Trace McSorley, who is cornerback from Penn State. Small Corner, guy. Cornerback, excuse me, not cornerback. QB, he played cornerback in high school. They asked him to do DB drills of the combine. He said, uh, no, I will not do that. Six feet tall. He ran a 4-6, I believe, of the combine, the fastest wide receiver there. He has a great arm. He is basically a mini-me version. If Trace of, McSorley sees the field next year, the Ravens, the Ravens are effed. But he's a mini-me version of Lamar Jackson. And last year, don't I don't look, get that. I don't get this. Well, listen, listen. Why is this comp? This comp makes no sense. Just, just, Trace McSorley is not Lamar Jackson. No, no. He's six feet tall. He's three inches shorter. But listen to this. Just and he's not me. as fast. He ran a 4.57. Lamar Jackson didn't run a 4.57? He didn't run at all, so we don't know. Lamar Jackson runs like a 4.3. Hear my theory out, then respond. Lamar, this is... You're no, not hearing my this theory. This is slander. It is slander on every platform. I heard Brady Quinn say it. I heard you say it. Oh, Brady said it? Okay. I heard Pete Briscoe. Oh, you like that, don't you? I love it. I heard it. Pete Briscoe say it. It's slander to compare Trace McSorley Hear to Lamar out. Jackson as an athlete. It is slander. All right, you ready? Last year, 2018, Joe Flacco was the starting quarterback. I'm not going to say slander. Okay. I love Joe Flacco. Lamar Jackson was in for the trick plays. What if now Lamar Jackson is a starter? We know that. You bring in Trace McSorley for the trick plays. That is stupid. That is a stupid plan. Well, that's why you take him in the sixth round. <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, look, Trace McSorley, I, I wouldn't be stunned if Trace McSorley made the team. He may but, not. But it would be surprising if they decided to. Look, Lamar Jackson's probably going to miss some time next year. He runs too much. He takes too many hits. They're trying to design Hollywood this. Brown helps with that. Sure, of course. But, like, Lamar Jackson is not great at avoiding contact like Russell Wilson is. If you end up cutting RG3 and going with Trace McSorley. No, you're not doing that. Right. That's a that's a disaster. Okay, let me ask happen. you this. You and John both. How do the Ravens feel? are the third best team in that division? Well, you answer my question. Where, do, where are the Ravens now in the division? we got a mind meld draft. going on. That's yeah. how much time we in spend together. In the AFC North, I mean – you guys said it. They're third. Maybe maybe fourth. Oh, here we go. No, well, that, that brings they're third. They're third. I, I wouldn't we, be stunned if the Bengals finished ahead of the Ravens. We unanimously put them at third. I think the Why suddenly are they going to be terrible given that they ran over everybody the last half of the season? Because the that's Chargers not sustainable. It'll take five seconds. They have Marcus Brown and Miles Boykin. Dude, seven. They, they played like seven games with Lamar Jackson, right? Six of those games were against bottom, bottom six NFL rush defenses. Marquise Brown, Miles Boykin. Are two rookie wide receivers. Lamar Jackson. Marquise, Miles, both run 4-4, sub, run nine routes, and let Gus Edwards and But that uh, means Ingram nothing. That's like giving me a Ferrari that's a stick shift. I can't drive a stick shift. That Ferrari does nothing for me. Wow. So, Dr. Coddled can't drive a stick shift? Well, I, well, I'm just saying that Interesting. That's, that's what the Ravens just no, did. No, he can drive a stick shift. They put the receiver. The guy who had the Alfa Romeo in high school. <laughs> the guy who I actually had a stick shift Bronco at my house. My wife hates it. The guy it. who had two Lamborghinis as a kid at his private Chattanooga high school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not but, wrong. But that's what I'm saying is that, that means the, nothing to me guy because I can't, was an I can't NFL do player. anything with that free Ferrari. And so you put two speedsters in the Ravens offense, like Lamar Jackson's going to hit them 40% of the time with his passes, so it, it doesn't really help them to add that. I think the Bengals offense will be better than the Ravens offense next year. I mean, I don't I, like that. I don't think that's crazy. I think 
We're going to find out what the Bengals' offense can do in when they have an offensive mind. I, look, I, I like what I like what Eric DaCosta did. He went and got. I think JLC tweeted. Jason Lockerford tweeted out twitchy athletes to fill in. That's something that Ozzie Newsom didn't do. Ozzie Newsom didn't get modern NFL receivers and running backs to work on that offense when he drafted. Ozzie Newsom never was good at drafting receivers. He was to drafting receivers. Ozzie Newsom was a Hall of Fame GM, and that's after he was already a Hall of Fame player. But he he had a blind spot for drafting receivers, especially in the first round and early in the drafts. So I mean, and that's okay. We all have our blind spots. Breach can't drive stick. Ozzie Newsom can't draft wide receivers. I like the guys that Eric DaCosta got. Zoolander can't turn left. Exactly. But I don't think the Ravens' offense, what they did last year, is sustainable. And I don't think that adding a bunch of rookie wide receivers is going to change that. If I were ranking the offenses in the in the AFC North, I would say Pittsburgh 1. I'm afraid. Cleveland 2. Hold on. Let me, Cincy 3. Ravens 4. I am concerned that, Br- that Brinson's on the Steelers bandwagon. Why? I was all over the Chiefs last year over the Chargers. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Well, we'll have all season to rank divisions, so I'm going to go to my next winner so I can jump ahead of Brenton since he jumped ahead of me last time. Uh, my next winner is the Patriots. I thought I was next. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead. But my next winner is the Patriots. <laughs> I knew you were going there, so I wanted to see, John, we also have a mind meld. But I like I know that you love – you're thinking like you've got like seven stories percolating in your mind. Like this is how – here's the three ways Bill Belichick stole the 2019 <laughs> NFL draft. This is why they're built for 40 more years of a dynasty. Right, exactly. The Patriots are going to win every Super Bowl until 2065. But here's the thing. They had a they, tremendous draft. I honestly don't think they do a great job drafting every year. I don't love what the Patriots do every year. Wilson watches hey, a lot of drafts, but B-Max, I absolutely hold on. B-Max, love. Let me give a shout out. Real quick. Who am I giving a shout out to? Pick six by. Oh, we record. Oh, I'm sorry. What's up? Pick I love the Big Mac. Big Mac doesn't know this is. We got in the land. The best podcast in the land. Big Mac killed it this week. See you, buddy. Bye, right, man. Yeah. So the Patriots, I do not think they kill it every year. I, I don't think they've been a great, a great drafting team. They've been good. But this year, I, I just loved it from start to finish, starting with uh, Nikhil Harry, getting that in the first round. Uh, 
I love that Belichick threw the little curveball, took a punter. We know how I love the special teams. These got, motorcycle, motorcycle jabronis game. are all over the city. And, and here's another. I thought the quarterback taking Jarrett Sidham was interesting. Uh, you know, Belichick, they weren't great at drafting quarterbacks. I mean, they drafted Cliff Kingsbury at once. They went through a little rut taking quarterbacks. But you look at the last few years, Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously. Second-round pick was Garoppolo. Third-round pick was Brissett. Fourth-round pick is Sidham. So it's like it does feel like maybe he'll have a year or two to get comfortable in that offense. And, you know, he wasn't amazing at Auburn, but he ended his career on a huge no in the Music City Bowl. Uh, I just I like the Patriots draft, which everyone should hate because they've been good for so long. You want them to eventually not be good, so maybe your team can be good, but it's not going to happen. I'd like to point out, too, with the Patriots draft that they're sitting there at 32. And you have to assume that with, like, Drew Locke and, and various other players in a deep draft on the board, that the Patriots considered trading back and probably got offers to trade back because everybody knows the Patriots like to do that. However, they decided to grow with Inkeel Harry. And I think that's fascinating because, and I predicted this going into the second round, seven wide receivers were taken in the second round. Bill Belichick saw how the draft board fell, only, two, only one wide receiver taken ahead of 32, right? And he realized that, he can either take a wide receiver that he liked in the, at the end of the first round or get, it, he realized gambling on somebody falling to them with their next pick wasn't going to work very well. He took a guy at 32 and didn't kill Harry. And as a result, they got their pick of the litter when it came to wide receivers. Um, I, 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 I love the fact that they did that. Uh, we t- you, know, you mentioned uh, the cornerback, uh, Jawan Williams. Jawan Williams. Pete Briscoe's better than captain. Love seeing the Vandy cornerback, the local guy to Nashville, go to the Patriots there. And generally, yes, they had a great draft. I actually thought of adding Damian Harris is huge because it means that they can continue to pound the rock the way they did in the playoffs. So they had five picks in the first round. If you told me they got Chase Winovich in round one, Damian Harris in round two, and Yadnick Adjust in round three, I would say they crushed it. They got all those guys in round three. Let me ask you this, John. They did not draft a tight end. Are you at all concerned about that? Because some guy named Rob Gronkowski retired. What, I, I mean, have you heard? The, have you heard the? I, I hate to. I hate to spoil this rumor and put it out there, because Breach will steal it. Like Patriots, yeah. Patriots reportedly thinking about trading for Rob Gronkowski's replacement. Kyle Rudolph is the guy. One year left on his deal in Minnesota. Patriots have been rumored to, to be a team that could trade for Kyle Rudolph. If you steal that story, I'll throw you off this balcony. Well, I actually wrote that they should trade for Kyle Rudolph if you read any of my stories. I don't read your stories. Five trades that need to be made before the draft. That was like April 3rd, and Kyle Rudolph was listed as the guy they should trade for uh, because he's got a huge contract in Minnesota. They need to Ryan, who's your next winner? It all made sense. Uh, so, yeah, I do. I, I like that idea, and hopefully it does happen because that was my prediction. But they do have Austin, Safari, and Jenkins, who they added. And the thing is, the Patriots, what do they always do? They take another man's trash, turn, turn it into treasure. treasure. Yep. He could thrive in New England. I, know, I think I, I agree. I think people are sleeping on Safari and Jenkins. Like, he's got he's a great red zone weapon. He could explode in terms of receiving yards in that offense. Now, he is a great, he's a great blocking tight end, but that's not a problem. He can be both. And, um, and the one thing I will say real quick is I brought up uh, the punter they drafted. Uh, and it was a weird, a little weird pick. It was Jake Bailey from Stanford that he's right-footed. Because they never go with right-footed Bill punters. Belichick his entire time has had and, a left-footed punter. And here's punters. the thing is Belichick, there's not a lot of coaches that are next-level special team thinkers. John Harbaugh's next level. He knows that level. the spin is different and it throws returns off. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jake Bailey is the kickoff guy. Because here's the thing. I, I feel like the Steven Goskowski 
he's usually their kickoff guy, but he's kind of struggled because ever since they changed the kickoff rules of the 25-yard touchback, they've asked him to do directional kickoffs, which really messes with your head when you're also the field goal kicker. Because field goals, you have your steps. When you're directionally kicking off, you have to switch your dynamics. You have to switch everything you do. And so it kind of throws you off. And, and, you know, there was that standoff this offseason between Goskowski and the Patriots, and I feel like that was part of it. Like, hey, I don't want to kick off anymore because it's messing me up because we have seen Goskowski struggle the last few years. And so Belichick says, all right, we'll keep you. We'll get someone who can kick off. And, and so I do think I would not be surprised if they hold three specialists, Ryan Allen, the punter, Jake Bailey kicking off, and uh, Goskowski kicking off. I mean, I can totally see how kicking off would mess you up if you're Goskowski because you're it's the opposite of precision. Right. It's, like, it's a home run swing in baseball versus just trying to get a hit. Exactly. And so you sort of lose your accuracy by – and you stretch your leg out differently by right, doing right. it. Yeah, it's a weird situation. And so he's probably getting – hey, I'm 35, I'm 36. I don't want to be doing these kickoffs anymore because it's killing my body. And so you bring a young guy in, let him handle it, and then you do that for one year if they want to get rid of Ryan Allen, let Bailey be the punter. But uh, that would be why they signed Ryan Allen to a one-year contract and drafted a punter who might not actually punt. Um, I feel like I beat this drum yesterday, so I don't want to. I don't want to hammer on it because I don't know that they're. Uh, I don't necessarily know that their third day really boosted it significantly uh, in terms of who the Colts took. But I thought the Colts had a lights out draft. I would give the Colts a lot of credit for what Chris Ballard has done. And, you know, you get Rocky Asin, Paris Campbell to me. I think Paris Campbell's a sleeper to be the offensive rookie of the year in that Frank Wright system with Andrew Luck. I like him as a fantasy sleeper already and wouldn't be surprised at all if he has a, uh, a big season. Oh my God. By the way, someone tweeted at me and thankfully this happened. Paris Campbell goes to the uh, Colts. They have T.Y. Hilton. I can call them Paris Hilton and it won't matter. That's right. The Colts tweeted that out. Somebody tweeted it. Somebody tweeted that Yeah, so Paris Hilton, thank you. I, that's why I love Chris Ballard. He's my GM of the year. Paris Hilton, done and done. Yes, John, go and, ahead. And the Colts tweeted out a gift of Paris Hilton saying we got Paris and Hilton. And then our As boy, I just said. And then our boy Kyle Brandt from NFL Network said they all have nice film. That's, that's that's a good tweet. That's, that's a good tweet. That's next level. That's a great tweet. Um, all right. Don't go googling Paris Hilton's film though, because you might. Not you don't want to do fun. that. It's inappropriate. So, let's go losers. I guess I don't want to. I don't want to deep dive on the Colts any more than we already have. Uh who you got, losers Ryan? Is tough. Losers is tough. Here, I'm gonna go. I don't know if this is outside the box. We hey, actually, about- before we do that, uh, just I want to mention a, a potential winner real quick. And I know you talked about him on the CBS Sports HQ show. I thought the Bills killed it. I thought the Bills did a great job. Ed Oliver, Cody Ford, and Devin Singletary as your first first three picks. You add Jaquan Johnson. That's a nice safety pick uh, late in the sixth round. Daryl Johnson Jr. out of uh, NCA&T. And then Tommy Sweeney, you know, tight end out of Boston College. Just in general, I think the Bills are doing a good job under Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott of improving their players. These bachelorette parties are just wild. Um... They woo at us every time. We're bachelorette party magnets after doing the story last yeah. night. Partyfireengines.com, apparently, if you're looking for bachelor parties. Who you got for a loser? out the fires in Nashville if all the fire engines are driving around bachelorette parties? That's what I want to know. Who you so, got for your a loser, Ryan? You actually mentioned this uh, on HQ as well, Brinson, and I'll um, echo it here. I feel like the Eagles traded up to get Andre Dillard, the left tackle out of Washington State, who is going to be really, really good. A great pass protector, we know that. We'll see how he does in the run game. I think he'll be fine. The very next pick, John, the Texans panicked. 
take Titus Howard out of Alabama State. Titus Howard is a fantastic athlete. If you watch him play against Auburn, it is a fantastic game. He balls out, but he is extremely raw. He had a good senior bowl, not a great senior bowl, but he is not a guy that can come in immediately and help Deshaun Watson not get sacked 62 times like he did last year. So I just wonder if there were better options there. I know there were. They could take Dalton Risner, Dalton Risner out of Kansas State. Yannick Adjust I liked better than third-round pick where the Pats got him. They went Titus Howard. The rest of their draft, let's see what they did. I actually like what the Texans did. Like Charles Aminahue of Texas oh, yeah, was a nice me, pick. I think the Texans did a good job. I just can't get past that Andre Dillard snipe in the first round. So I will say, first round questionable just because it's going to be a project with Titus Howard. Second, third round, Max Sharping they got. Uh, he's a Mac guy. Left tackle, super smart, not as athletic as Howard, but he has a chance to come in and contribute right away. Lonnie Johnson, the cornerback out of Kentucky, he is a project. He does not play like a 6'2 corner. He plays actually smaller than that. He ran pretty well, 4'5'2", I believe is what he ran. I don't like him in the second round. They cut Kevin Johnson, who I think is a, would be a better player, but in time all said and done. But in the third round, I love they got Kahali Waring out of San Diego State. Played water polo like John did in high school. He walked on at San Diego State. He didn't know all the rules of football when he walked on. Ryan, I can't swim. That's not funny. You were swimmies. But he has a chance to be a guy who can what? I'm, did John just say he can't swim? Can you really not swim? No, I can swim. Okay. Just keep going. I don't I want say to my five-year-old can swim. I can't swim. But, but Warren could be special. He's raw, huge upside. Fifth round, they get Charles Amenehu. Charles Amenehu told me the senior bowl, he is a bigger version of Chandler Jones. I'm surprised he lasted to the fifth. I thought it might be a second-round pick. didn't happen there. So first-round pick, I had questions for the Texans. They circle back around. I thought they did pretty good. It's very nice of you to steal my loser. Ryan, uh, John, do you have a loser or do you want me to go? You know what? I'll go. Like you guys said, it's tough with losers. And I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. I just feel like, and I'm going to go full specialist again. I hate that they drafted a kicker. Use Wait, a, are you serious? Yeah. Like, these guys obviously have no clue what's going on in the kicking department after taking Wyatt. They didn't take him in the second round, though. They took him in the fifth round. You still wasted a fifth-round pick. I didn't think Matt Gay was anywhere near close to the best. Or close. Let me stop you, John, because I literally watched zero specialists. Did you watch, actually, the kickers and punters to get an idea of who they were? Yeah, I know that Cole Tracy, I would have said, is the best kicker on the board nice. from LSU. Uh, John Barron from San Diego State, also like him. And, and not that Matt Gay's bad. He was definitely the second or third best kicker in the draft. But if you're the Buccaneers and you struggle to find a kicker, I don't think you're, uh, you want to take your chances on a guy like this. Here's the thing is that the last two seasons, 2017-2018, he only hit 68% of his field goals between 40 and 49 yards. That's where most of your kicks are from in the NFL. If you're the Buccaneers, do you want to be sending out a guy who's only hitting 68% between 40 and 49 when you know that if he misses his first kick, he's going to be booed out of Tampa Bay, and then all of a sudden it's in his head like it was Tampa for a Bay while. shouldn't have a kicker. Yeah, no, they should just go for two every time because yeah. they don't know what they're doing, and then also the crowd is so predisposed to like hate the kicker if he messes up at all that it is, it's a toxic situation for a kicker, and it is like Matt Gay could end up being good in the NFL. I do not think it will be with Tampa Bay. So for them, I feel like they threw away a fifth-round pick. I do love that they got Devin White fifth overall, but after that, uh, I think it was an average draft. Um, I'll say a loser actually is Cam Newton. Cam Newton had shoulder surgery this offseason. He's got two years left on his contract. In theory, he would be getting uh, a new deal a la uh, Russell Wilson 
because he's that type of quarterback, has an MVP in his, in his, on his resume. He's been to a Super Bowl, didn't win. Um, but he is older, right? He's getting older. He takes a lot of punishment in the running game. 30 yet? Two, he's close to 30 if he isn't 30. Drafted 2011. Yeah. He's got two shoulder surgeries. Yeah, so she, he's right at 30. Two shoulder surgeries in the last three years. The Panthers didn't get him any additional weapons. They drafted Greg Little. They traded up and got Greg Little, which is a big win for the, for Cam Newton. Briscoe loves that. I wasn't crazy about it, but go ahead. I, I thought they were going to go Cody Ford, whatever. Uh, but then they came back and they got Will Greer with the hundredth pick. Now How do you I don't feel think, that. I think it's a, I think it was a great pick. It's insurance for Cam in case he's not healthy. It's a good backup with upside. It's a guy you could develop and potentially spin off into a pick. Let or me even, ask you though. Well, hold on, but but I think the problem is in this in this market where Cam is universally hated, mostly for. Because people in the South are racist to a-holes. Wait, he's hated? There's a bunch of racist jerks. No, people every, People love Cam. But you know, like, there's a whole Tennessee Titans thing where he... I'm glad you've lived in the South your whole life and you're qualified to say that. Because if me or Wilson said it, we would be kicked off the podcast. Well, look, people call into Charlotte... No, I, I don't... I, no, it's fine. I'm telling you. People call into Charlotte Talk Radio and they're like, we need to bench Cam and play Derek Anderson. Well, that happens in every market. And we, well, but we also had the letter to the Charlotte Observer right, but Cam, from a couple years ago where they were like, oh, Cam's dancing and that's offending me who is this man dancing in the end zone like if it's a white dude dancing in the end zone nobody's right they're like that man is so adorable to Um, be fair i'm guessing the new york market writes the benchy like letters every week sure but my point is that will greer is a big enough name that there will be a lot of people who want will greer insert and he's from charlotte too he's a local guy that people like so while panthers fans aren't enamored with the idea of using a top 100 pick on a backup quarterback, there will be enough people that want him inserted. Uh, and Pete Briscoe reported that the Panthers did not, in fact, have a first-round grade on him. He told us that. But I think they liked him enough to take him here. The Panthers, excuse me, I burped. The Panthers are always planning on, on taking a quarterback early. They got one at a good value. I like the Will Greer pick, but I think Cam Newton is a loser in that sense because there will be some heat on him to come out and perform. And if, he, if Cam struggles or Cam's dinged up at the end of this year, I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers went in a different direction. Well, let me tell you this, though. They got Greg Little. Second-round pick, he can work out fine. They got Dennis Daly out of South Carolina in the sixth round. We'll see how he works out as an offensive tackle. But Will Greer is not running Cam Newton's offense because Will Greer will take a beating back there, as Cam does, and he's not nearly as athletic. Will Greer can run North Turner's offense. He cannot throw the ball. His arm strength is an issue. North Turner doesn't need you to throw the ball. He changed his offense last year. How did that work out? I mean, they didn't make no, the playoffs. No, the presumption was that they would take deep vertical shots in Norv's offense because that's how he operated. And he changed it because they had Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Greg Olson, all these close to the line, line of scrimmage weapons, and they cranked up Cam's percentage and reduced his you know yards per attempt down the field. So I think Will Greer could run it. Brian's texting sources. I was texting back my dad, who keeps sending me screenshots of the ASU segments today. That's I, a proud father. Yeah, I'm My not, dad hasn't talked to me in 10 years. Just kidding. He's a, he's a podcast. Humble listener. brag. You've got to. So wait, I'm not doing draft grades. Apparently it's Prisco and Wilson doing draft grades. Anyway, At I'm noon. I have questions about Will Greer. 8 a.m. Monday. What's the next topic? Uh, who's your next loser, Ryan? I want to give one more winner just on. real quick. I want to take 10 I seconds. Said, uh, tell you what, let's, yeah, give us your winner and we'll go through. A, I want to just hit on a couple other teams that are of note, but go ahead. Just the city of Nashville. Huge winner. Crush. This this whole this city was built Great to host call. a draft. I mean, the NFL estimated over there were five hundred thousand people here over three days. It was insane. It could have been crazy. We only had two scooter accidents, Brenton and some other guy who apparently face planted into a wall. Which Wait was, a second, expound on that. Uh, it was just a tweet that the Nashville police sent out. 
Yeah, some dude got wrecked. And, and someone on Twitter was like, checked hey, in, like, making sure it wasn't Brinson. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, like, everybody in Nashville loves to drink. And this it, city is perfect for the draft. It is just a party city. It's a party city 24-7. You don't have to, like, you didn't need the draft to get the vibe. Right. You just cranked it up. Um, you got here on Wednesday, and people were already partying, and you just slide right in. You can walk everywhere pretty easily. It's in the south, so everyone's kind of friendly. I mean, it, it was a, uh, it was, a, it was, a, it was and, an and awesome that's what time. like the thing I've told my friends is that I have not seen day drinking on a regular basis since college. It's every day in Nashville. I think that was the first thing you told me when you got here, Wilson. Was I was asking you how you're alarmed this... by the amount of day drinking that's happening on weekdays. I'm also very old and set in my ways. But Nashville is a fantastic city. I actually feel bad for our guy, Jamie Eisenberg. First time in Nashville. He has not seen the city because he's gone from hotel to set, hotel to set, <laughs> three days in a row. Who has? Jamie. He hasn't experienced Nashville on his first visit. Last year, we were here. Was last year your first visit? Yes. I, mine too. It rained the entire weekend for Breach's wedding. It was still awesome. One of the best still bitter about experiences it I've ever had. John, it rained on, John, it rained on your wedding day. That's good luck. You know what's funny, by ironic. the way? It Atlanta's rained on my wedding set. day too. Double good luck. I will say this. It didn't After rain. experiencing Nashville on two separate occasions and absolutely loving it as an old person, the Titans, as a football team, do not represent Nashville. They are boring. Shut up. I love the Titans. Are How you dare you? Slander. Marcus Mariota does not feel like to me like someone who no. plays like Nashville. Well, and I think Baker Mayfield should be in Nashville. It's weird that the Titans don't – you don't think of it as a free agent destination because there's zero taxes right. in Tennessee. There's no state income tax. This should be one of – the destinations. There's Florida. You know, there's not. There's probably only six or seven teams that have no state taxes. So it always blows my mind that Tennessee is not listed. Represent the city. Like if you said to me, you also this place is fun as hell to live. Like, yeah. Here's the thing. So I'm gonna. I'll tell you. I'm gonna. I will not tell you my team because I know it already. If you had to equate a team style that fits the city of Nashville, which team would that be? And if you want me to go first, I'll go ahead while you guys no, think. No, no, let me think on it. I would say. Not the Patriots. No one in the AFC East. The Raiders? That's close. John, what do you have? Uh, I would say someone fun. So, like, the Chiefs? The Chiefs is my pick. The, the Chiefs, Chiefs are fun. Mind melt. Are you Patrick Mahomes? Watching offense? Oh, Tyreek Hill is hilarious, guys. He's real well, fun. Real well, now they, they have, Hunt, they have fun. Hartman, but they have Patrick Mahomes. Excitement. Fun. Turtle talk. Frog talk, whatever it is. Frogs. Who said turtle last I, night? I, turtle. No, I get mixed up. Um, but, right. I, but my point is that... If you've never been to Nashville and you watch the Titans, you're like, this team, it plays in a boring city. No, you want, like, Nashville should be a high-octane offense. Yeah. Throwing the ball around, not this grinded-out Derrick Henry but style. But even to your point, so as the Raiders. can take a shot after they complete yeah. a pass. But yeah. the, the black hole would make sense in Nashville, given how everyone parties and it's a good time. And also the, the stadium terrible. needs to be shaped like a guitar, so Nashville will work on that. If you took the Browns and put them in Nashville, yes. that would work, Browns too. would be fun. Yeah. Browns would be fun. Uh, by the way, I'll, I'll just throw it out another loser. Um, I think the Falcons are kind of a loser. Go I know ahead. that they got. I almost said them. What's that? I, I I went with the Buccaneers. But they I got Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry, and I like that. They they got and, the and right it went side downhill of, after that. Well, but they didn't have a single second or third round pick, and that's where the meat of this draft was. That's where the value of this draft was. And you're you're asking two rookies to start on the right side of your offensive line. I get that Alex Mack anchors the middle, and that'll help. But I mean, that's going to be tough for them to. Like Matt Ryan's a winner because he's got protection. But what if their defense gets injured again? Who are they going to stop? I mean, that was the biggest problem last year. So Dan Quinn, to me, has put himself out on a limb by not adding defensive talent uh, to potentially get fired if things go south. So here's the thing. Kendall Sheffield, the cornerback Ohio State, won the fourth round. He actually tore his pack while we were at the combine doing the bench press. So he's back. We'll see how he plays. John Kaminsky, also the fourth-round pick. 
Played at Charleston, West Virginia. Had a good senior bowl, but he's sort of a Zach Allen type. He's a, he's a defensive end. The second Russell Pasher. And one more thing, real quick, John. Kadri Allison, the, the uh, running back out of Pitt, they took in the fifth round. He showed up at Pitt during James Conner's breakout season before he was diagnosed with cancer. Exact same height, exact same weight. He ran a four five. His running back coach told me he is actually a lot like James Conner in terms of the style of his play. So if he, they hit on him in the fifth round, that's pretty big. But I wasn't crazy about the first two picks. All right, here's the pick I want to bring up real quick because I, I almost made it. My loser, I didn't think their draft was horrible, but I want to know what you guys think about this pick, and it is the Chicago Bears with their first pick of the draft, which came in the third round, took running back, running back David Montgomery out of Iowa State, and this came right after they traded away Jordan Howard, who I think is better than David Montgomery. I like, so why are you, Jordan Howard's gonna, Jordan Howard's gonna do some money, so I'm fine with that. I don't mind, um, I, I don't mind if they, uh, you sign Mike Davis. You trade away Jordan Howard, and then you spend your – like, I don't know that running back was their most pressing need, and that's where they went with their first pick of the draft, which came in the third round. But I, I don't think the Bears are losers overall, which is why. Well, I mean, like, if you factor in Khalil Mack, no, they're not losers. But I do think that the Bears put themselves in a position, look, this is a deep draft, and they had a they had a they they were going to have a late-round pick, right? They were going to have 24. They were going to get a great player at 24 and another great player in the second round. And they traded away. Look, it was worth it. Khalil Mack is awesome. I don't blame him for doing the deal, but I do wonder a little bit if they if they might not regret uh, being able to grab two quality players at the first and second rounds here. I actually don't hate their draft. David Montgomery is better than Jordan Howard in my mind. He was my number two running back, two or two way. Miles Sanders was also really good. I think he comes in immediately. He runs angry. He can pass protect. We'll see how he does in the pass game. He didn't catch a lot of passes, but what I saw, he looked really good. But then around four, they got Riley Ridley, one of the best route runners of this class. Ran a terrible 40 time, four five eight or so, I think. Great hands, as I said, the last two days. Russell Wilson-sized hands. He's not going to run deep routes necessarily. We don't want Mr. Risky throwing it deep anyway, so that works out perfectly. I don't have any real big issue with the Dave Montgomery thing, but Breach, that's certainly your right to do so. What do you think about the Raiders draft? So here's the thing, and Prisco talked about this on HQ Sunday. And the people he talked to around the league, they were okay with Cleveland Farrell going number four. That's one of those things that he's been preaching this for weeks now. The NFL evaluations don't always match up with the media evaluations, and apparently Cleveland Farrell was one of those. So the number four thing is okay. They got Josh Jacobs, and who was the other person they got in the first round? Jonathan Abram. Jonathan Abram. He's in the box safety, but he's a tone setter. I give that like a B, the first-round picks. What do you feel about the rest of it, John? Well, and Hunter Renfro obviously is is the big name that I think most people would know. Uh, got him in the fifth round. And the thing is, that's the perfect receiver for Derek Carr, right? Because we know that the guy loves to throw it under two seconds. I don't want to get blocked on Twitter by saying all this, but Too late. all his passes go about five yards downfield. He throws it as quick as possible, and Hunter Renfro is going to catch anything thrown in his direction. So he feels like the perfect receiver for a quarterback like Derek Carr. It's interesting that they loaded up on um, Clemson guys, right? Hunter Renfro, Cleveland Farrell, right, right. and Trayvon Mullen. Yeah. Uh, uh, they won the national title. Maybe we can build that here. Dude, grabbing Clemson defensive guys or even Clemson offensive guys, I think if you look at this draft, you know, you see the first couple of rounds, right? You get to the fourth round. They didn't have a third-round pick. So they took three guys in the first round. You mentioned Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Abrams, Trayvon Mullen in the second round. They go Max Crosby, Isaiah Johnson, Foster Moreau, Hunter Renfro, and Quentin Bell. That feels like a Mike Mayock draft. So the round four guys are all insane athletes. Max Crosby's about 6'4", 250. He's an edge rusher. But at the point of attack, he's going to get pushed around. But if he gets around you to the edge, then he can cause some problems. Uh, who else? Oh, Isaiah Johnson. 
converted wide receiver, 6-3, ran well. I hated watching him play. He was extremely frustrating, but maybe he's a guy who can grow into the role. Fourth round makes sense where he went. And finally, Foster Moreau didn't get used a lot at LSU, but he ran a 4-6 and change, I think. And he could be a really good get there. We'll talk about Derek Carr not throwing the ball deep. Makes sense to take someone like that. And also, let's throw in one more thing on Quentin Bell, their seventh-round pick. It was like the weirdest prospect in the entire draft, so not surprising he went seventh. He's from Prairie View A&M. The first three years at Prairie View, he was a wide receiver. The nice. Raiders have drafted him as a defensive end because that is where he played his senior year. So we're talking about a guy who spent 75% of his college career playing a wide receiver, and now he's going to be the defensive end in the NFL. That's crazy. That's uh, not a position switch you see Any too other often. drafts that you want to uh, point out? Anybody else that uh, stood out to you in terms of guys? Oh, you that, know what? I will. Teams that, that stood yeah, out to you. On Friday, I gave. And then let's wrap this up. So Dave, if you're you talking about here. the Bengals, I was about to bring them up. Go now, for it. I want you to talk about them because here's the thing is that I've spent the last 40 hours defending them. I thought their draft literally got better with every single pick. You're right. And since you were against it at first, I'll let you have the floor so you can tell us why they changed your We've mind. We've already talked about the day ones and day two picks, so you can go back and listen to that podcast. Day three, they started with Strawberry Blonde, our guy, Ryan Finley. And Breach is actually okay with that in the My fourth guy. round. Your guy, now Breach's guy, Ryan Finley. Ronell Ren, Arizona State Renton? guy. Great no, athlete. I think he makes sense there. And then in round six, Travion Williams, really good running back out of Texas A&M. Not super shifty, but put up huge numbers. And I told John this before the podcast. Deshaun Davis, the linebacker out of Auburn, I love him. He's not going to cover anyone in pass protection, but he is basically what Vontez Burbank was without all the, all the penalties. Jermaine Pratt got two NC State guys. I'm a Bengals fan all of a sudden. And also, if you welcome want welcome to the bandwagon, we welcome serve, to hell. We serve Skyline Chili. I hope you like it. If I you're think, a Bengals I fan, I think Skyline Chili is, is one of the most disgusting things that the world has ever created. I think you're one of the most disgusting things that the world's ever created. It, repre- it represents a disgusting city with a disgusting <laughs> football team and wow. a bunch of disgusting people. By the way, we were talking about if there was. The teams that represent their city, there's no more team than the Bengals. By the way, John, if you turn around, there's a party bus with only Raiders fans going down the street in a tractor. Right. Not a bachelorette party. Any Raiders other last fans. thoughts? Let's get out of here. Deshaun Davis, I love. If you want to see him play really well, watch him play against LSU. They got Rodney Anderson, the Oklahoma running back. He's been injured. If he's healthy, he could be good. And a six-round pick, it makes a lot of sense. By the way, my buddy sent me a picture. He's at Bank of America Stadium. My buddy Owen. Zingraf. How's doing? He's uh, hanging out with Will Greer. Cool Tell stuff. Will Greer's brother's more famous than he Will is. Will Greer should be star. taller than Owen. That's a little weird. Uh, Will right. Garden Minshew beat out Nick Foles. Yes. For Ryan Wilson and John Breach, I'm Will Brinson. Thank you, everybody, for listening all weekend long. We'll be back uh, tomorrow. No sleep. Go Brooklyn.